good with your hey, levels? Kimba, how you doing? Oh, oh yeah, sorry. I already checked. I already checked my. I'm a professional. I already checked my levels, Campbell. Uh, professional bad movie picker. Hey everyone, we're we're, <laughs> we're back. It's musicals. What's the up, podcast guys? Where we get drunk, talk about musicals, and a whole lot of shenanigans. Um, this was today's a, been a day. I, mm, yes. This this week has been a really hard work week. Yesterday I worked like sixteen hours. I like oh, wow. finished working at midnight thirty. Yeah. And I was I was going to watch this musical last and I was like, oh my god, okay, you know what? I'm going to like just get up early, watch it like before work. It'll be a good way for me to relax after a really hard week. I love doing this <laughs> podcast with my dear, dear friend Raven. Oh, and then we and watched then the we movie. watch this. But before that, um, and all that nonsense, how mm-hmm. are you doing today, Raven? Um, I'm doing okay. Uh so I Ended last night and started this morning with watching this movie, um, which was interesting. Uh, today's been okay. I've gotten a lot done, but there's like a big thing that I need to get done by the end of the weekend for like work. And I was trying to get more progress on that made and I didn't get as much as I wanted. So it's like, it's disappointing, but I got a lot of things done over the whole day. So it's like, you know, little victories. Uh, Good. Yeah. Oh, also, yes. something I've realized, it's musical related, it's on topic. Ooh, okay. So, in band, because I'm taking uh, just the no audition campus band yeah. class while I'm in grad school, playing the bassoon, two things. One, I realized I've been playing my E flats wrong for 14 years. What does that I've been, mean? I've been forgetting like two fingers for like something. <laughs> um, but <laughs> it. Really, I was, I always thought, I was like, oh, it's a, I have a, like, a student bassoon, not great quality, but it gets the job done, and I just assumed this is just what I'm going to have to work with, and then with my mouth, my embouchure, I'll be able to, like, yeah, tune better, but I just play, like, E-flat softer. <sighs> Raven. Doing it wrong? so much better. Oh, I'm oh so happy. God. And it two... Sucks. It sucks when you realize you've been making a mistake, but then it's amazing when you learn from that mistake and you're like, oh my gosh, now I can be so much better. Yeah, I didn't feel too bad because I was like self-taught. I didn't like take lessons or anything like yeah. that. So I was like, meh, whatever. I still did the thing. Um, and two, each spring, the Oregon State bands play like a bunch of, like all the bands play in one concert together. And last year um, was John Williams music. Did I tell you what it's going to be this year, this spring? I feel like you did, but remind me. Musicals. I love that. Which ones are they so, Like, which ones are influenced? Don't know, but he said not Andrew Lloyd Webber because he doesn't want to do Cats. Uh, you know what? I don't blame him. I so, listeners, a lot of times that's, like, live streams and stuff like that. But, so, listeners, be on the lookout for that um, in months. Yeah. We should share that link out. <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome. That's, okay. So. But now it's... Time for our new favorite segment. Our new Raven. favorite segment. It's okay. Raven's turn this time. I am yes. So uh, this is going to be our segment uh, where we talk about fun musical terminology. And, and this segment is called. It is called Raven. Musicality. Okay. Okay. Take the shot. Our musicality uh, tea term of the day uh, is perfect fifth. Oh, God. A perfect fifth is the interval 
from the first to last of five like consecutive notes in a diatonic scale. What does that mean in like uh, words? Um, so a diatonic scale is like your regular scale that you're like used half to. Step, half step, whole step, whole step, half step, whole step, yeah, whole five step, whole step, steps step, to half, half step. step. Yeah, but basically like the sound of music, do re mi fa so latino is your diatonic scale. So if you think of like twinkle, twinkle, little star, twinkle, twinkle, little star, the twinkle to twinkle, um, that is a perfect fifth. Like that major interval is a perfect fifth. So yeah, musical terminology of the day, musicality. And that's going to be great when we're talking about what did you make me watch? Um, look, okay, in my defense, I have not seen this movie since I was a literal child. And I just remember loving the music, um, specifically the song Getting to Know You. Um, and what I'm talking about, listeners, and what both Campbell and I just, uh, uh, at least I assume, because I did, stared in awe and shock at um, last night and this morning, is the 1999 animated film musical adaptation uh, or animated film adaptation of the Rodgers and Hammerstein musical, The King and I. Um, so this was a Warner Brothers family entertainment production. Um, it's adapted from, so it's adapted from the Rodgers and Hammerstein musical, which is based on Margaret Landon's novel, and then The King of Siam, which was published in 1944. Um, and that is derived from the memoirs of Anna Leonowens, uh, who was the governess of the children and like school teacher to the wives of King Mongkut of, Mongkut of Siam in the 1860s. So uh, the Roger Hammerstein musical, uh, The King and I, was originally like premiered on Broadway uh, in 1951, uh, and it was also adapted into a live-action film. Uh, Which Rita Moreno was in, and you robbed us of that. Okay, see, when I was growing up, I saw the 1999 version, because it came out and it was animated, and I loved musicals. And it wasn't until I like we were talking about which musicals we wanted to do, and I was like, "Ooh, when I was a kid, I loved The King and I. I would throw that on the list." And then I went to Google it to see how to watch it. I was like, "Huh, this 1956 version? We could do that later. We've done multiple versions of the same thing before." Um, and then I sat down and watched it, and I was like, "Oh, we really should have done the 1956 yeah. version." But hey, here we are. Here we are. You drinking. know what? It's okay. We're going to do Heavily. the second version. We're going to do the other version of Annie. We can do the better version, the hopefully better version of The hopefully. King and I. You know, it's got Rita Miranda, so it, it can't be. Like, I don't know. I have a hard time believing it can be more racist than this one is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as, as I'll believe, But more, I think, would be, would, would be not uh, possible, hopefully. Well, we're going to drink a lot because we're going to need to when we're talking about this. It was well. But, and what will we be drinking, Campbell? Um, we are drinking... Oh, we haven't named it. Um, hmm. I was thinking about that because I was like, do we want to just call it like what it is? Like a spiked... It, it is a spiked, spiked Thai, tea. Thai milk tea. Thai milk iced tea. I don't know what order those adjectives go in. Um <laughs> I don't know if we want to just call it that or if we want to give it like a movie specific name. Thai tea cocktail. 
Thai tea cocktail. I'm down for it. Because I feel like this is going to be really good, and I don't want to necessarily associate it with this movie. <laughs> Correct Mundo. Mm-hmm. All right, let's try it. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, I like that. Ugh. So, uh, listeners, Ugh. if you've Ugh. never had like a Thai milk tea or a Thai iced tea, highly recommend it. You can usually get them at um, a lot of different like. Uh, especially South Asian restaurants, um, like Vietnamese places and stuff like that. Um, but uh, we went to, or I went to my international market and found some uh, a Thai tea mix. Uh, but this is delicious. Oh, this is so good because I love Thai tea so much because there's just like such a um, sweet depth to it, and just like. It, today is like the first like real day of rain in Oregon for the next, you know, million months. And this is like the perfect thing I want to be drinking for it. Because it's uh, it's an ice drink, but there's like such a warmth and like a roastiness like to the it's tea. It's very, yeah, because it's a really deep, like the the tea itself is, is really strong in flavor. Aromatic. Indeed. Um. Yeah, and so we have, like, some... We're doing some different kinds of um, simple syrups with, like, vanilla, Raven also has some cinnamon, and did you say cardamom? Coriander. 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 In yours. Um, yeah, and vodka. Vodka-based. And, vodka. and I can't I taste the vodka used, anymore. I can't either. I actually used... Because uh, originally I was going to try to pick up, like, a vanilla vodka, but I didn't have time. So I actually ended up using the pepper vodka from... Uh, cool writer. Cool, yeah. So from from the Grease Two episode, um, and I actually really like it because I was I was thinking I was like it might give it like a very slight heat to the sweetness, um, which it didn't really because I can't really taste the vodka at all. But oh yeah, literally not at all. Yeah. So which means I'm gonna put a lot more in this next one. Um, <laughs> I think maybe next time I'd get some boba. Because I love boba tea. See, so you know, and I was at the international market, and I yeah, saw I Pepe saw and Pearls, I was like, and I, I? Uh, I thought about it. I thought about it, and I didn't. This is really good, and I'm very happy with this. Yeah, I agree. And now okay. I have so much Thai tea mix, which is just incredible. Do we want to give any more, like, history on, on like, the story, or do we want to just get into the movie? Well, like fun thing. Things. I know you have like a couple more things I would probably say at the end, but okay. not to steal your thunder. But this is this movie is like the Cat in the Hat live action movie for animated musicals. This yes. from this movie, Roger Hammerstein was just like, no more animated musicals. We're done. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Yes. So I just think that's fun. Yeah. Um, that people agreed looking, that it was bad. That people agreed that it was bad. Like. And I, it, I feel bad because the music was all Rodgers and Hammerstein. And they just, they took, quote, creative liberties uh, to adapt it to a family-friendly style. And I don't, I, I, I don't know if they achieved that. So let's get into it. <laughs> yeah. The King yeah, and I. The King and I. So this is in 1862. And... Right off the back, not only are there a lot of serious problems with this movie, yeah. 
But the animation is terrible. Oh, the animation is so bad. There's so many times... It's like they, computer they graphics fully... haven't fully loaded. Yeah, and there's so many times... Well, it's it's because it's hand-drawn animation. Um, and there are, full, there are whole frames, like multiple frames, where they didn't bother to, like, move a particular animation or, or actually animate a thing between frames. Like, there's, like, a, multiple times, like, one of the ships is going by, and the mm -hmm. flag on it is just, like, a box on the screen no. moving. Like, it's not actually, like, moving or waving. After or the, anything. like, opening credits with the um, different um, Thai kind of, like, art and, like, murals, the, like, gold, like, gilded kind of, um, kind of slides in the intro. Yeah. We are found on a ship. Headed yes. to Bangkok, and um, everything looks wrong. Like, the water yeah. well, doesn't look like water. I guess starting out... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we still in the animation? Oh, I just can't get over it. It's oh, bad. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is so bad. The, the thing... And here's the thing. And this is why I liked this movie in the first place. The music is good. I can get over... Okay, here's the thing, Kayla, and I contend this is because I didn't have glasses until third grade. <laughs> mm. There are a lot of bad animation movies, like Spirit. I love Spirit because the music is good. I, I mean, love this movie. No, 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 no. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop you right there. <laughs> the reason you like Spirit, Sally the Cimarron, is because you said it is, if not, the world's most powerful aphrodisiac. And I stand by that. But this movie, <laughs> the music, so the, the, the prelude, which is, mm -hmm. you know, Rogers and Hammerstein, but it is orchestrated. You know, they did do some rearrangement and stuff for the score here. But uh, we have this, like, beautiful, like, lovely, bold and brassy prelude over the opening credits. And we hear, like, a little bit of Getting to Know You, uh, which is my favorite melody. <clears throat> hint, hint. And, uh... <laughs> in the movie it'd be so um, funny if i didn't put that music together <laughs> um and i i couldn't tell if it was ovo that was playing the main melody or like the main refrain for that either ovo or english horn okay i'm really bad at telling well no it's double horn. read kind of thing it wasn't bassoon so it's one of the other two yeah yeah um yeah so animation is bad obvious villain is obvious we see um He's called the Kralalo, I think is how you pronounce he, that. Yeah, uh, yeah, the Kralalo. Uh, he's played by Ian Richardson, mm -hmm. who's been in a lot of the Magician's House. He was in the Phantom of the Opera miniseries in the 90s. Uh, he is just like such an accomplished Shakespearean actor. Uh, yeah. He was actually a founding member in 1960 of the Royal Shakespeare Company. So um, from that to this is just... Isn't it ironic? That's playing it's... the other room right now. Um, anyway. Um, anyway, we find... Okay, so we see so much obvious. exposition in like... Very Jafar. 50 seconds. Very Jafar. We find out instantly... Well, we see Moonshi, the monkey, and Lewis, Anna's son, like on the side of a ship, like almost yep. about to drown. And then he's yep. looking at them through a magical gong. A magical... Yeah, it's... I... It's a gong. I Yeah, but I don't understand. It's meant to be like a magic mirror almost where he can see through to other places in the world. 
um, and cast illusions through that. Like, he can scry. Okay, and then we're going to get to it when we see more of these illusions. They're not illusions if they interact with things. (laughs) They're not illusions if they interact with things. That's abjuration. That's that's a whole different style that's of conjuring. Like that's as transmutation. a dungeon master, that is a whole different style of conjuring. Yeah, it's like this isn't illusion magic because the panther with too much personality because... got hit by a stone statue illusion. That's true. Okay, so anyway, yeah, we find what? out all of a sudden that she, this woman is going to be teaching to for no reason, no reason the is king of Siam's children. Movie, but she's just going to Siam. Yeah. To, uh, Which to is present day she, to be, Thailand. To be, an English, to be an English teacher, like an English, not even uh, like kind of governess, um, but originally she was just going to like teach them English. I don't know. It's weird because which also, they know, which they know, but like they're never allowed. Okay, certain characters are allowed to not sound dumb when the movie wants them to. Yes, and then other times. The movie just like mocks them, basically. Other uh, times, the mu- movie is racist. Yes, correct, mm-hmm. correct, correct. All, all for the entire you know hour and twenty eight minute runtime. Um, so then we get okay, so to uh, they're, they're on all the ship, scared it, because there's like a serpent, an illusion, an, an illusory. What is the word for that? Illusory. Serpent? Illusory. Oh, look. Oh uh, well, a conjured. It's not illusion. A conjured, we have this whole conjured, sidebar conjured, about it, Raven. Conjured. <laughs> A conjured sea serpent that is attacking the ship with lightning, which is an interesting ability for a sea serpent to have. But that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, I don't think this dragon was necessary, and it definitely wasn't in the stage show or the previous movie. This oh, was for an sure animated not. interpretation to give him magic like this. Why does he have illusion magic? It doesn't matter. Okay, conjuration magic. Anyway, um, so the serpent is taking the ship. They are rightfully terrified. And then she's just she's just there. Um, and obviously, do you know what she starts doing? At first, it looks like she's hyperventilating because you can't tell, because nothing's coming out. You can't tell that she's whistling. Yeah. But she was like, no, 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 son, son of mine. There's a huge <laughs> dragon, which is a, with just like a run of, you know, run of the mill, scary encounter. Nothing mm-hmm. like too life changing. Mm-hmm. But I learned if you just whistle a little whistle tune. Whistle a happy tune. You know what? Things don't seem so bad. And see, here's the thing. I whistle a happy tune. This I hated weird. it. It's weird because the animation the of their king cheeks I, was bad. The king and I is meant to be like sound of music set in Thailand. Like it's not. <laughs> it's not a danger action like rom- like rom comedy like. And it's like oh, there's, why there's death in the there's live death. action movie. Yes, but and this is rated G. Why? But this is <laughs> why the having the song because the song I whistle a happy tune is very I feel pretty. It's very light and bright. It's very like um uh my my favorite things. You know, it's very like oh, and then I don't feel so scared, and then I'm happy again, and it should not be happening on a ship torrential in the 1800s. downpour. And torrential downpour and with a like fucking dragon waves with a shooting that lightning, is breathing lightning at you, attacking it make, you. It doesn't make this any sense. This is not the time to whistle a happy tune. Okay, and my then girl. then her son Lewis, who is. Oh man, Lewis is okay. Well, we have to say her. So mm-hmm. Anna uh, Leon Owens 
is played by Miranda Richardson, who's also Rita Skeeter in the Harry Potter movies. Interesting. Uh, Mrs. Tweedy from Chicken Run. She was in Fan of the Opera. She's in Good Omens. Really good show. But her singing voice is uh, Christian Knoll, who also was in the... Who, she was Sister Margaret, Margareta in the live action Sound of Music with Carrie Underwood. And she was in Evil. And she was in Lauren Order's SVU. Yeah. And I do really like her singing voice. Her and singing then, voice is beautiful. And then we have Lewis, the, her son, played by Adam Wiley, who was curly in Hair Arnold. He was in Gilmore Girls, Wings Club, in Captain Jake and the Neverland Pirates. He's Peter Pan. But he was also in this Disney movie called Under Wraps, where these kids, oh. like, find a mummy. And it, like, really took me back. Because I completely forgot that movie existed until I saw that. So, he's looking at you, Adam Wiley. But the thing is, though... So they start whistling. Well, they can't whistle at first. And then when they start whistling, they can do it. Then they face the audience and start whistling. And immediately I said aloud, don't you look at me. <laughs> Avert your eyes. I don't, don't look at me. Don't, don't make don't me a part me. of this any more than I need to be. Why did they look at us to whistle? <laughs> there was like such uncomfortable eye contact with these poorly animated characters. It was um, this movie... Gave me Anastasia very, knockoff. Like, Pocahontas. Also, yes, Anastasia knockoff, but not even like Anastasia. Anastasia doesn't is good. That. Anastasia doesn't deserve granted, that. Granted, granted, a lot of you know um, people of like you know where Anastasia's from. So a lot of people are like, oh, this is not a good adaptation, whatever, because yeah. it's disrespectful for a lot of things. It's like you know that's super valid. Um, that's fair. The King I guess I 1956 we... movie is banned in Thailand. Because of how it presents, like, the king. I read at some point, like, for a period of time. I don't know if it still is, but they're like, no, absolutely not. Because they're like, he was a good king. I don't know much about him and his reign, but, man, people do not like this. Yeah, and that's what I mean by it's, uh, it's giving, like, Pocahontas. Because it's very, the entire attitude of this movie when you're seeing or interacting with any of these Siamese characters um, is very look at these strange peoples and their strange ways and oh we must teach them to be civilized and it's just like um no <laughs> like and yeah and it's just bad it's just bad it's just bad in so many ways. So let's let's get back into it. So everyone is outlined differently. <laughs> yes. Everyone is outlined differently. There is no um, consistency to the height of characters, especially with each other. The proportions are way off. It's like they picked different animators off the street. They each gave them a person, but didn't tell them what they should look like. And then they just put them all together. <laughs> just put them all together. Warner um, Brothers, what are you doing? So this, to be fair, this movie was produced in the time, like, right after Disney came out with The Little Mermaid and then The Lion King. So every production, animated, animation production studio was racing to be like, we want to come out with the next big animation hit, the next big animation musical hit. Um, and so there's no like excuse. This. There's no excuse. Here's why. This 
came out in 1999. Capstone yep. Dance, also Warner Brothers, 1997. Dang, you right. Okay, but this is about... Although, no, no, it was distributed by Warner Brothers. Actually, it may have been by other people. I remember talking about that. Well, because it was produced... It wasn't created by Warner Turner Brothers. Feature was, Animation. And this was like the last one, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was only distributed. Co-produced really. by Warner Bros. Feature Animation. Yeah. But okay, also, you know what? You take have, it back. But also I take it back. Consider, you also have to consider um, that this is a movie that is about uh, non-white people, specifically Asian people, that they have to portray as people and they can't make them into animals. So... There's there's going to be some uh, a dip in in you know production quality. At least at least we're like we're good now, right? Oh, that, we're doing great. We're doing yeah, fantastic. They're, they're, they're with never Asian like a spirit a or a frog. The entire movie. Absolutely. You know. yeah. yeah. There's there's never been a time in recent animation history that we have portrayed non-white characters as animals or you know just any Not any imagination humans. of things. Um, Soul is a good movie. Did you see I haven't watched the Pixar movie. Pretty Soul. good. No. You like jazz? Do you like jazz? <laughs> mm. Oh god. Okay. Um, so they make it to Siam, and Anna meets the Kralalom. Kralalom. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce that. Um, here's uh, here's my thing, and this is how I know that oh. they. We didn't what? even introduce the his. Assistant, <laughs> because he's just—he's oh, just I almost don't want to talk about caricature. him. He's just a racist caricature. Like there, there—that's the only purpose that his character serves. His the character's name is Master Little, and he's played by Daryl Hammond of Saturday Night Live. And the amount of times that this character is made to mimic a monkey is like unacceptable and the bit the bit is he just keeps on losing his teeth yes and the thing the thing that bothers me is that there is also a monkey character in the movie so then the time but the monkey outsmarts him but the monkey outsmarts him and the and but it makes the the times that he's made to mimic a monkey that more apparent because there's an actual monkey also in the film that outsmarts him like it just also why does he talk like that and no one else from the same country talk like that why why does the crowlome speak like perfect queen's english but the because king, he's voiced by a shakespearean actor not some snl like, sketch comedy motherfucker oh my like it's just like and even, even I don't I don't know if her character had a name, but like the head maid, I suppose. I didn't see that she had a name. Um yeah, so when she's first introduced and in specific scenes when she's talking to Anna, she will randomly speak like perfect Queen's English, like Queen's British English or whatever. Um and then immediately after that she will go back to the, the just like random like broken english caricature that all of the characters speak with and it's just like okay cool <laughs> i don't understand anyway okay so, um, so anyway Anna we insist like, that she wants her own house well it was part of the contract it was part, part of the, of the contract. deal yes, yes she would have a brick house outside of the palace yes and so um he she, says we, no <laughs> we were introduced to the king 
um, who's played by Martin Vidnovic. Monkut. Monkut. Um, who, uh, fun fact, he's from Virginia, the actor. Interesting. He's from Falls Church, Virginia, which is the same place Tatiana, the drag queen, is from. Ooh. I've been, I think I've been through Falls Church. Uh, yeah, I have. He also went to the Cincinnati Conser- Conservatory of Music. He was in Oklahoma, Brigadoon. He actually was Tony nominated for a, for Best Actor when he, in 1981 for Brigadoon. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so she, she's introduced to him, and they're very much, like, enforcing the idea that, like, uh, oh, he's got to be, like, the head honcho. Like, there's, uh, there, she's reacting very strongly to a you lot see, of You see, Raven, customs. acting is reacting. <laughs> um... So then they go, they see her to her parents. So he's being presented gifts, and one of these gifts is a woman from Burma, uh, this Burmese woman. um, Uh, Which is now Myanmar. Yes. Uh, Who uh, the the Burmese emissary, played by Tony Pope, is saying, Tell him about like what skill you can do. And she was like, I can read books. I like to read yeah and they're like oh my god no books are forbidden to servants um and so they're like so this is uh tufton who is played by army arab abiria who's been in general hospital crazy with a k but the singing voice is tracy venner warren and i I couldn't find any other credits for her but then it's like, no, she can do flower arrangements. So she is, she's now a servant to the king. Mm-hmm. So then we're seeing the king's, the, but the, the thing about the king, though, he wants to modernize Siam. So yeah, we're so that taking was, that was to, actually part of like why they brought in Anna in the first yeah. place. Um, and he's like, he's like very big on like scientific advancements. Like they're talking about like the hot air balloon mm-hmm. um, that they invented like for flying and stuff like that. Um, I thought, which I think, I think the first designs for that hot air balloon I, I was reading about, I was like, when was that invented? I think it was like the 1700s, but like people didn't like the ones with the heat with it was until like the 1950s, I think. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of hear like getting to know you plays in the background and then we have the book. He was like, how old are you? Do you have a husband? Do you have grandkids? Like all this stuff, you know, just asking personal questions. And then while he's talking, he like daps his panther. It's a panther, right? <laughs> I love that. Yes. Fun fact: Did you know that panthers are really just leopards that have all black fur or all black hair? I did not know that. That is fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go Carolina Panthers. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Drink a new more dose. Think. <laughs> I put too much vodka in this. You were real excited about that too. To the point where, like, at first, you couldn't taste it at all. Now, too much. So, there's a sweet spot. Because I made myself a double, but I made it a triple because I made Alex one. Yeah. But I don't think I mathed correctly. I'm so very proud of you. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. And see, that song is the reason I loved this movie. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. 
Um, so we get into Hello Young Lovers. Um, well, well there, we, there's there's a lot more before then. I mean, okay, so... We found out she doesn't get that house. She has to stay in the oh, palace. Oh, yeah, she doesn't get... Yeah, well, we, we talked about her going to her palace chambers. They walk to the window, and they see... So there's this, there's a quick little side scene where uh, the servant girl, uh, Tuptim, meets the crown prince, but she doesn't know... And also meets this cute white elephant, Tusker. Oh, Tusker, Yeah. So we see we see her interacting. He just um, the animals are animated differently his, than the one people. of his tusks is is cut off, which I assume was perhaps by poachers. I don't know how yes, that happens. Yes, yes. There's yeah. there's a horrible ivory trade that is a mm. subplot to this. So, Tuptim meets the crown prince. Um, yeah, and after his like her, kind of like kickboxing fight, kickboxing where practice. he's so good, he always beats everyone. It's because no one's fighting him. No one's But the fighting. crown prince. Let me flip in my notes because people mm. want to hear me flipping pages as a sound on this audio medium. Ooh, should we do ASMR side uh, side content? No. <laughs> so, the speaking voice, Alan D. Hong, plays Prince Chung Longhorn. Did I didn't find any other credits for his, and I like looked for a while. Yeah. But the singing voice is David Burnham. Who's also been on Home on the Range? He was also in a musical, The Light, uh, The Light in the Piazza, which he has like won a couple awards for. Yeah. yeah. So they kind so, of meet, but then we go back to Anna in her chambers with her like chambers, all like different women servants are just like they they think she's shaped like that. Yes, and so that's why I wrote um, Anna Stop Flashing Strangers. Aunt um, Fanny from Robots, because she's dragging that wagon. <laughs> it's like, no. I mean, look, bustles used to be a thing. They, they wanted they wanted a little junk. You wouldn't look really truck. good in a bustle. I mean, I wouldn't need a bustle because I have enough ass. I know, but I'm thinking, like, I'm picturing you dressed as Jane from Tarzan. And I, I think that would be a good. really can, good look for you. I know you can. That's why I p- said Jane. Um, yes. So Anna's in her chambers. She's uh, all of the all of. Here's the my l- problem. Another rates. big problem with this is yeah. that she's like talking to I guess the head woman servant head that's maid. unnamed yes. head maid, mm-hmm. um, and she's looking out and she was like, "I was in love once." Immediately starts belting. There's no transitions to songs. <laughs> No it's just, and she's just like singing down singing. to them. The song comes out of no nowhere, and then she says, like, shouts at them. Basically, I've been in love like you. So we find out about, <laughs> I guess, her presumably deceased husband, and she's just <laughs> shouting at them. Like, good singing voice, good song, whatever. Um, perfect fifths, a plenty. Cheers, Anna. Cheers. But she's just shouting. They they are like me. They're like, "Hi, we're meeting for the same like for the first time." And there's this like fucking white bitch like in from a balcony. It was like, "I've been in love once." Like she is just belting so many times. She was like, just "Oh, like, she was like, oh, was business? I singing? Oh, I didn't realize I was dancing by myself." I was like, "How?" Also, like, also, you literally don't. She doesn't know. Okay, so she physically has. Actually, they haven't even had the presentation of the royal children yet. So technically, she hasn't met the crown prince yet. No. She has seen... But they told her it was the crown prince. But But it was forbidden love. Yeah, but it was forbidden love. And And she she was like... She saw... 
she okay. saw Tuptim presented to Monk, like King Monkhood, when like she was given as a gift or whatever. But she doesn't know either of these fucking people. All she did was look out the window, saw them in the gardens, physically and just she, talking to and each she other. She was like, I was in love once. And she's like, Y'all are so cute. Hashtag OTP. Uh, I stand. One of the lyrics is literally because they're not interacting with her, so she's just singing at them. Keep at it. Don't cry because I'm alone. This has nothing to do with you. <laughs> this has nothing to do with you. This whole movie is so like, stay in your lane. I feel like, okay, hold on, hold on. How long was the runtime for the 1956 movie? Let's see Like that. two hours, right? Let's, let's look. King and I. Oh, no, that's just the stage show. To do 1956 film. Okay, uh, running time with the overture, interact, and exit music. It's a hundred forty-four minutes, so it's over two hours. Without that, still over two hours. So nearly double this. Nearly double this. Okay, so they just like really need to get these things in quickly, and so there's a lot of songs that aren't included. Because this in is made this. for children. This is meant to be family friendly. This is Warner Brothers family entertainment. Yes. You know, so it's eighty-nine minutes long. Like. Yeah, there's a there's a few songs that they don't have in here, but yeah, man, there, yeah, why so they, they she's included, just they she, included several songs from the original Rodgers and Hammerstein musical, but so many of them like they feel rushed to get to, like they just go into the song. That's why these songs come out of nowhere. Yeah, they so do come out of nowhere. Um, and then we see so that after Hello Young Lovers, we get to we see Anna's son Lewis fucking around in the armory. Because they wanted to take them there because they wanted to be like, oh, it's dangerous here. You need to report back to the British that we yeah. need to overthrow this that government. They need to yeah, talk to this English teacher and say, hey, can you overthrow this country? Basically, yeah. That's what the Kralom is, is trying to do is to usurp the throne by the thre- by using the British to depose King Monkut. And like, hey, I'm all for empowering teachers. My sister is a teacher. I'm a big fan of Abbott Elementary. Here's my thing, though. What do you do? Why do movies like this always villainize the like the king's advisor? Because if you think about like like earlier, you compared this. We compared this to Jafar. If you think about Aladdin, you're close. (laughs) Jafar was like also the the advisor to the sultan, and like it's always this character that's like he has so much power, but he's not the king, but he wants to be the king, um, and so he's like evil, and he has all these like magic powers, and he's gonna use those to be villainous and overthrow the king, and it's just like, but like why <laughs> can't we just uh, because the king, the sultan, is a fool. Is a he's always like an idiot. And like, and even even in this movie, like they portray the king, like King Monkut, as like dumb. Well, I wouldn't say he's like dumb. He's because this character is like obviously conflicted. He's trying to modernize his like society and like be good and like be open to things, but he is always faced with the conflict of like his forefathers and the rulers yeah. before him saying, "You what should I- know everything." But he doesn't. He's questioning things, and so no. Th- what I mean by what I mean by the portrayal is dumb. Like, I agree that the actual character has like we understand his motivations. Um, what I what I mean by dumb is that like the specific way that they have his character speak throughout the movie 
is a way that is often mm. mocked and portrayed as dumb. And so, like, even though, like, his actual character is very interesting, and, like, yeah, if you actually, like, listen to what he's saying about, like, I want to modernize my country, and, like, like, these are my traditions, and, like, they see them as savage, but, like, I don't want to be barbaric, so, yeah, let's host this banquet. Let's, like, let me learn these things. Let me bring in this English school teacher to, like, teach my children English and, and, and westernize them a little bit so that we can be more part of the culture and, like, engage with that more. Like, the actual character is interesting, but the way they present him, like, to me, they made a very intentional choice to have him voice acted that way, in a way that, especially an American audience would perceive yeah. as less intelligent and that's what bothers me is that like i understand that in theory she's the english school teacher and they're learning english um and so of course it's going to be imperfect but it, it bothered me the specific way they had him speak like the way they have him like repeat like one syllable words like three times and like he repeats like who 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 or like what 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 a lot and it's just, like the way they character characterize Car characterization caricature like caricature like they make him into a caricature i forget what oh, the word yeah. is for that it's right Sim similar <laughs> to similar to master little like i feel like they make him into a caricature and that bothers me yeah yeah but a lot of things bother me about this a lot of things bother me so we get to the presentation of the world well we there's a whole armory scene I just I don't like Lewis, so I don't like the scenes. No, that he's in. because he's unsupervised twenty four. So many times in the movie, I was Anna like, does "Where?" Not watch the child. I was like, "I was like, man. where is your son, ma'am?" Anna does he's not playing with give, crossbows. Even, he's even just on like the ship. Even on the ship, the openings. One of the opening scenes of the movie was him climbing on the side of a ship sailing on the open seas with a monkey. Hey, Raven, it's hard to be a single mother. <laughs> look, look, I'm Anna. Okay. Does not once have eyes on this child this whole movie. No. Never, <laughs> never, just, never not once. And he just once. runs around wreaking havoc. And, okay, so one thing, I'm going to keep on talking about this animation. So Master Little has, like, a flail, like the spiky ball at the end of a chain, like, you know, flinging around. There's just one ball. It gets wrapped around his neck, and he has, like, the Cheshire cat eyes because he's angry. Yeah. Um, and then when he's, like, choked up slash dying, there's four of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I understand seeing, like, four of them, it's, like, in the motion of swinging around. because you're showing... But now show. it is wrapped around his neck, and it has multiplied. And it didn't Lazy. even make sense. Lazy. It didn't even, like, they just didn't update the, the, like, animation icon. Also, it shouldn't be hard to kill this kid. Hey. <laughs> he's a literal child. It's like Voldemort syndrome, you know? Yeah, it, Harry Potter takes place in the 90s. People have guns. Like, come on. <laughs> Facts. Um, where are we? The presentation of the royal children. Um, They're really cute. They are. The, I love the children. The only the thing that confuses Only me, one of them is named, they... though, other than the crown prince. Princess Correct. Ying. Ying, yes. Who is voiced She's so by... cute. She, isn't she the one that loves cats? Uh, or is she the one that writes the letter later? She's on? the one that writes the most devastating letter I've ever heard. She's like, I've learned English. And you know what? I'm going to fuck you up. Emotionally. She was she was writing like she was like a woman with whose husband was lost at war. Literally. Like, like, there was such a somberness. Words, child? And, what a melancholy child. Mm. Yeah, so Princess Ying is played by Alexandra Lai. Uh, and she's also been in a bunch of episodes of Miss Spider's Sunny Patch 
Friends, which I remember, I, I was too old for that show, but I remember seeing the picture of Miss Spiders. I think it was a Nickelodeon like kids show, yeah. and it always creeped me out. Um, and she like it has been like done a lot of like voice acting and has done a lot of like you know kids shows and like things like that. But she's the only other uh, child that's m- named. But they are the other. I mean, it's easier to do that with an animated movie and the live action movie in 1956 there are actors that play like each of the children yeah um the thing that confuses me why are they being presented in this like random ass order because we have one of the babies right i thought they were going to go youngest to oldest and then we have the twins and then we have the crown prince and then we have like one of the babies again. I think I think that because if you look then I thought about this. When you look at the order that they like go back and like are bowing and they're like kneeled, it's mm-hmm. like young, old, young. With the oldest in the middle. Which is interesting. And I don't know if that was like I mean it's I don't know if it was random or purposeful. Like I don't know. I don't understand how the decisions of this movie you were know what? made. <laughs> I'm going to assume it's purposeful because this many wrong things on accident doesn't seem likely. I suppose. Um, <laughs> when did she say she changed her mind? Because one of the next she things after this presentation, she didn't. She, was she just didn't. Like, she like oh, you know, like the yes, kids. I'm here. She she walks over to them and takes her bonnet off. And then yes. the king's like, she has changed her mind. She will stay. And then she just smiles. I'm like... <laughs> it's just like, girl. <laughs> like, did y'all fuck already? Like, how well, do you know that? Literally, at the, begin- at the beginning of this scene, he said, no, Anna, you must stay for the presentation of the royal children. And she said, quote, fine, but then I'm leaving. And then immediately after the presentation of the royal children, the king's just like, cool, she changed her mind. She's staying. And then she's like, yup. <laughs> And also, one of the children, he just, like, fucking bowls over to them. (laughs) Curling champion, the king of Siam. So then we see um, the Kralom, or the Kralom, is conspiring with uh, Master Little, his little minion again. Um, He writes a deceptive letter, sort of, to the king, to King Edward, about Anna Sir Edward. Sir Edward. Oh, yeah. Sir Edward Ramsay. Yeah, to Sir Edward Ramsay about Ooh. Anna being in danger. And he says, like, oh, he's, like, there's a, like, barbaric king that's in place and blah, blah, blah. And, like, Anna's in danger. Um, what, what were you going to say? I was going to say, who in, like, the... I mean, it's to be assumed when she yeah. said, it's like, oh, we knew each other before I met my husband. They dated before. But he's yes. played by Sean Smith, who's been in, like, the Born Supremacy, not another teen movie. He's been... In a bunch of episodes of The Bold and the Beautiful. But something I forgot to mention in the beginning we're on the ship. The captain, Captain Orton, is played by Kenny Baker. Who is R2-D2. Interesting. I'm so sorry, Kenny Baker. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, so we see him. Uh, he gets the letter. He like reads out loud. He's like, Barbaric King, blah, blah, blah. You have to come back and save us. Um, and then it randomly just like flies to him off the off the plate of the platter that's being presented to him i didn't understand um, i didn't understand, I didn't this understand scene. that 
They took a solid two minutes to capture this letter. None of it was necessary. None of it was necessary. And so then he's like, change course, Captain. He's like, where to, sir? And it's like, obviously, Cyan, you dumb bitch. I just read the letter out loud. What do you mean? So then he crumples up the paper and throws it in the water. And it's like, wouldn't you keep that as evidence? Like, if you were actually going to Siam to be like, oh, I'm going to observe how this king is and see if, like, this is actually, like, a realistic threat, and then yeah. I will report back to the British Parliament, wouldn't you keep that as some form no, of, like... No, <laughs> it's because he's just like, no, I gotta go act big to my former slam piece. Oh, my gosh. And then, but we're cut wild. back to, like, okay, so now we're at actual teaching. Anna gives the servant girl a book. Oh, yeah, poetry, because she gives her a flower arrangement. It's like, no, this is yes. for you. I'm a teacher. This is expected of me. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And now, we, now uh, class is in session, class. shows yes. the new British map, and they're like, Siam is, like, so small. And she was like, well, it's bigger than England. And they're like, awesome. And she starts talking about, you know, the people outside and realizes they have never They've left never the palace. Outside. So we get into but, our do re mi fa so ti do basically we get to getting to know you which is my favorite and song they go and through the town and it's, it's a good song and i like do i think this part of the movie is probably the best because they other than the monkey and mm-hmm. master little fighting each other take that out i think there's a lot of actually well done scenery and looking at uh like, you know, different, like, processes, like, different parts of the town. Mm-hmm. I think they, they just amalgamated all the racist stereotypes and characters into Master Little. So everything else around it looked fine. Yeah. But for for its part, I guess the movie tries to do, like, a getting to know you. Like, like exploring the culture or, show, or showing the culture a little bit. Um, the thing that I hate about it is it's very uh freedom riders it's very uh white woman comes in decides all of their customs are wrong and barbaric (laughs) that's the entire movie um facts but i i I love i love the dancers and i love like the choreography but i hate the fact that the animators couldn't be bothered to sync their choreography so all of the all of the animations are moving kind of off sync from each other and it looks not Look, the choreography is pretty, but it's not. They're not synced with each other. Yeah. To make it look good, you know. I just uh, appreciated more that it looked. There was some consistency, at least with the drawing. Facts, facts, and like the the color, the colorings, I guess, are like kind of complimentary. Like they look nice, kind of to look at. Um, so then, the problem tells on them and tells yeah. the king. We find out the panther's name is Rama. Rama, uh, are those Alma? I thought it was Rama, R-A-M-A. So anyway, the king knows about the outing. He snitches. Snitches get stitches. Um, Yeah. And then then Anna's talking to him. He's like, give me my house or I'm leaving. Or I'm leaving, yeah. And And then we find out he was like, no, I'm the king. Everyone has to be like beneath me. So when I'm kneeling, you're kneeling, that kind of stuff. And it's too sexual. 
There, there is, okay, it so is here's the thing. deeply there sexual. There definitely is a certain amount of sexual tension between Anna and the King, and it's uncomfortable. But it's because in the original musical, it was played as a love... Like, the whole thing was kind of played as a love story, too. Like, there was always an undercurrent That's... of attraction between Anna and the King that was meant to be like, oh, they can't admit it to themselves. But in this movie, it's like... They try to underplay it to the point that it comes out in the weirdest ways. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think like they meant to do that for this, sexual. but they just did a bad job. They, I agree. Um, also, why does the crowd... Like, it bothers me that the crowd keeps referring to everything as barbaric. Because it's just like, this is your, this is your country and your culture, my guy. Just make... Just... just wild. Whatever. Um, uh, but anyway, he was like, no, you're not getting a house. Uh, no, this is not happening because I'm nope. doing what I want. And then yep. she goes back to her room and we get to, shall I tell you what I, shall I tell you what I think of you? Which is, I was, my notes, what the fuck is this? I just wrote, my first thing was dot one. dot dot, wow. Stop calling people toads, one. Um, Two, stop saying spoiled. Jesus. Yeah, it's like, it's bad. I'm that's like, some that's some pretty cool dehumanization there. She throws a tantrum, like having a mental, like a complete like, breakdown, like full on breakdown over their customs are different than mine. And it's just like, hey, um, relax. Yeah, and like the overarching like message from this, like we we see before, and like when she's shouting the whatever hello young lover song is they're like no it's not tradition she was like yeah but it's love and then in like this next scene um it's like love versus like tradition and the king yeah. is like no but it's tradition what do you mean love kind of thing so that kind yeah. of like message like back and forth is kind of you know the subcurrent of this and like after her breakdown he's talking to his son and he's like hey what if hypothetically speaking what if i could choose who i wanted to marry and he's like the king's like, no, I know everything, I guess. I believe. Things yeah. like that. So you're starting to see that doubt because he is trying to modernize. He's uh, trying to, like, you know, think about things and, you know, advance in yeah, different and, ways. And you see him really struggling about the move about, like, what is the best way for me to move forward for my people? You know, and like, and yes, I want this woman here in theory to help like teach us and like help us move in that direction. But also, how do I deal with her challenging our customs and our traditions and like the way we function as a culture and a community? You know. Yeah. Which I think is interesting. And um, then we also see the symbolism with the royal pendant, which has the white, yes. like the the white elephant, the white lotus, or the white elephant. Yes. The white lotus is Avatar: The Last Airbender. It's Avatar: The Last Airbender. Okay, so yeah, love so has then, nothing to uh, do with tradition is what he says. But then yes. he realized he's like, he's really not sure about things. So he's going to go and pray and figure things out. And so yes. another perfect time moment. for illusion magic. That's not illusion magic because nope. he is animating the these stone statues. The panther is actively interac interacting with them. And we get um, into the song A Puzzlement. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is him trying to work all this out. And I, I really feel him in this. Like, I'm very much that type of person who, like, needs to, like, kind of talk things out and say things out loud to kind of work through them in my head. Um, and it's interesting seeing him kind of wrestle with this. Um, the thing, one of the things that bothers me about the lyrics, so there's a point where, uh, so he's kind of praying to Buddha, um, which admittedly, 
I'm not familiar enough with like the geography of Buddhism um, to know whether that's historically accurate. But um, but he says at one point, if my Lord in heaven, if my Lord in heaven, Buddha, show the way, and I'm just like, that's not how their religion works. I'm pretty confident. It's been a while since I took AP European history, uh, or AP history, but I'm pretty confident that's not how Buddhism works. <laughs> well, Thailand does have the second largest uh, Buddhism population mm. in the world. Fun fact. Interesting. But I, I more mean like Buddha isn't a lord in heaven to them. You know what yeah, I mean? I was, yeah. It, there is, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I used to know a lot more about Buddhism. Um, yeah. I guess we should have. It's been a while since I've really researched the, like, uh, the Theravada religion. Buddhism specifically, but because mm-hmm. um, I do love learning about other religions, but it just was. Oh, here is a quote-unquote religious spiritual leader practice yeah. kind of thing. Let's adapt it for to us. Western Christianity. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, mm. maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. Okay, well, do you remember being back in, like, third grade and having, like, music class and learning to play the recorder and, like, hot cross buns? Fun fact. So, you know I know a lot of wind instruments. I physically was Mm -hmm. not able to play the recorder. My teacher told me just to stand there at the concert. But, yeah, I'm familiar with the concept. (laughs) That's so, wait, that's so, that's so sad. It's okay. I can play the bassoon. I've gotten over it. I don't feel bad about it. That's fair, I suppose. Okay, well, we'll, we'll move on. Put a pin in that. Um, put, put a pin in that. Boop. Um, so, unfortunately enough, uh, there are students all across the country that have never before had a general music education class and don't have the ability or the opportunity to access music education um, and get the chance to learn tons of different wind instruments um, or even just the recorder. And... That's why we are partnering with Education Through Music, which is an organization that partners with low-income schools in New York City to provide students better access to music education. Also, 53% of New York City schools do not have a music teacher on faculty full-time. So Education Through Music also provides weekly music education by putting qualified music teachers into these schools. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the reasons this is so important is because motivation for learning means motivation for staying in school. And a lot of the students that are able to be involved in these music programs report that they have uh, attended school when they otherwise would have skipped um, or like stayed in school when they otherwise like wouldn't have wanted to stay specifically because they were looking forward to music class or they were looking forward to ensemble um, and, and getting to learn uh, specifically about music. And you can support and learn more at p2p.onecause.com slash boozicals. That's p2p.onecause.com slash boozicals. You can help out. Do you have an instrument that you've neglected and now it hates you? Do you have too much money and think, hey, this can go to a good place? Neither applies to me, but I want to talk to you about the Dodario Foundation. They believe in the transformative power of music and that mentoring and building communities through music can positively affect social change. 100% of every dollar raised goes directly to support efforts to get kids involved in community music programs, acquire and maintain instruments, provide college scholarships, and support new innovation in music education. 
You can learn more and donate at www.dodariofoundation.org slash about slash donate. That's www.dodariofoundation.org slash about slash donate. Hey there, listeners. Pop quiz. Who was your favorite teacher in school? Did it happen to be someone who inspired a movie? Did that movie later change the world? Because that's exactly what happened with Mr. Holland's opus, the story of the profound effect a dedicated music teacher had on generations of students. The composer for the film, Michael Kamen, later started the Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation in 1996 as his commitment to the future of music education. Today, the foundation works with schools nationwide to audit their music education programs, supply quality instruments, train teachers on basic instrument repair, and even offer customized consulting to make sure the school's program fits their students' needs. The impact of this foundation now ensures that hundreds of thousands of kids across the country are granted access to learn and play music in school, keeping music education alive and well. If you're interested in supporting their mission, you can donate online, over the phone, or even while you shop Amazon or eBay. Visit mhopus.org slash donate to learn more. You want to just take a shot? Fuck. Sure. Okay, I'm taking it from the bottle. Actually... Oh, you want to take it straight from the bottle? I don't have a shot glass. Oh, that's fair. Cheers. Love that. Cheers. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so we see, again, the crown prince is practicing out in the forest, uh, or like just outside the palace. I guess like in the courtyard, like the gardens of the palace. Um, he's practicing his kickboxing. And once again, he sort of wins the sparring match. And uh, the guy's like, oh, you know, you're the best, you know, kickboxer in, in the area, or like of our generation in the, in the country or whatever. And Lewis comes out of the fucking bushes. And it's just like... For the, at that point, I was like, where have you been? Where have you been? And so he comes out of the fucking bushes and he's just like, oh, you're only the best because you're the crown prince and they're afraid to hit you. So he's like, I'll take you on. Mind you, he's like 10 and like half his size so he is like jumping around like punch punch kick kick and fully punches this man in the face and then it's just like it makes his nose bleed and which i was like, confused because isn't this movie rated g is yep. blood allowed I, I honestly i don't know what the ratings i know pg-13 gets like one f word um g general audiences all ages mm-hmm. admitted a g-rated motion picture contains nothing in theme language nudity sex violence or other matters that in the view of the rating board would offend parents whose younger children view the motion picture which is also interesting so these ratings are based off of parents perspectives on their kids not yes uh, Interesting. I didn't know that. Like the wording of that. That's interesting. Oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, full yeah, on yeah. blood. That's like the idea. Because like that's why like PG is like parental guidance. It's like a notice to parents of like, hey, yeah. you want to like take care. Oh, I guess that makes sense. No kids know. like what rating is this? Uh, but yeah, it's it's for all ratings are for parents. And much. this is very much like Brita from Community. And it's just like okay, I can excuse racism, but this is out of line. <laughs> <laughs> and then Yvette Nicole Brown, uh, what's her character's name? Shirley. It's just like Shirley. you can uh, you can excuse you can racism. Excuse racism. <laughs> a lot of people can excuse racism, and it's why so many racist people still have social influence. Mm. Yeah, like Jeffrey Star, Shane Dawson. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he fully punches this man in the face, and he's, and he's bleeding, and just like runs, and just like oh sorry, and runs off, and it's just like. 
He has been wreaking havoc this entire movie. He faces zero consequences for it. And even the prince is just like, oh, well, you know, I can't even... Like he's someone from the Midwest who like almost runs into someone. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, nothing I can do about that. Um, and then he's like, oh, yeah, like such a, I'm such a coward. Because uh, he, he like wouldn't fight the little boy, so the little boy was like, "You're a coward." Oh, uh, so which like, honestly, coward, like, sick. I won't, I won't fight for my, <laughs> I agree. For my love or the girl that I love. F- fuck like, them kids. Who's like tough Tim, the servant girl? And my thing is like, y'all literally spoke for like thirty seconds in the gardens. And Raven, when <laughs> they're oh, when they're by the water, it's daytime. They're sitting down, and then the. PowerPoint gradient transition in the background <laughs> goes, and it's immediately nighttime. Oh it's Lord. immediately nighttime, oh and it's just done so bad. It's an, it's done so. Poorly. And I like it's seeing a, the good. I know people really worked hard on these kinds of things, but what was this? See the thing. See, there are times that you can do it, like in Hercules, for example. And Hercules has a lot of bad things. Oh, I have a TikTok but, to show you. One of the things Hercules does well is those transitions. Like, we see Hercules and Megara together at one point in the daytime. And then there's a transition. There's a transition, and we see them then walking into a set of gardens at nighttime, talking about a play they just went to see. Like, there's a way to do that. You know what I mean? And they just didn't try. But... We see, um, like, Tuptim is like, oh, you know, like, I'm a servant girl, you're the crown prince, this is forbidden, like, we can never do this. Like, we get into late minutes, I dreamed a dream. Uh, and so I have dreamed this song is creep fucking central. Here's the thing. He keeps talking about, like, oh, I have dreamed that your arms are lovely. It's I have just dreamed- about her body. I have dreamed what a joy you'll be. Creep fucking central. Um, and he says, he literally says, In these dreams I've loved you so, that by now I think I know what it's like to be loved by you. And it's just like, what cool. So no actual human reaction. Again, they've had 30 seconds of like real life conversation. So no actual human interaction is required. You don't need to know who I am as a person. You don't need to understand anything about me. You just need to know what I look like and whether or not you consider me sexually attractive cool yes and then she starts singing and again the singing voice is tracy venner warren and she's like samesies and it's just like literally, literally she says time and again Ditto. i thought all the things that you were thinking too and it's like which so, okay okay at least really? she's also into him no 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 no, like, no can she have an original thought of her own like <laughs> um but the minion, Master Little, like, sees, uh, he sees the, the crown prince and, um, and tucked him from the bushes. Um, their singing is beautiful. Like, I don't, I don't think we really said that yet, but, like, no. the, o- the only I thing do- I really like about this scene is the vocal performance. I do like the animation when they're in that kind of, like, heavenly space with the, all the yes. different, like, strings of color going to the yeah. point where it's, like, it's kind of like streamers being thrown out by like his siblings and it gets to a point where they're like on this boat and they turn into like rainbow ripples into the water. I'm like, yeah, like that, that is like, good. That, that is pretty. good. I like that. And is this where all why, your money went? <laughs> I think that's where it bothered, that's why it bothered me that the other, that their other scenes together didn't 
make their love connection as explicitly obvious you know what i mean like they were just talking to each other it didn't like they didn't it didn't show them truly connecting and i get that they only had 89 minutes you know what i mean because like this movie is made for children and like they have a short attention span and like you have to go to the bathroom and blah 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 but i would have just loved to see their actual story like a love developed more but that's as someone who loves rom-coms um why is the crowd alone plotting against them so bad like I, I get you want to get your little bag, you know, with ivory trading and stuff, but it's just like, these are still your people, my guy. Yeah. It's just wild. Um, well, we do so find out, gonna... like, the, the, the king does have bad news. They're, like, being really mean to these elephants. Um, and But, like, the British are coming to kind of, like, have depose. Siam uh, depose, like, have Siam as, like, a protectorate. Yes. Um, so that is what that is what the his plan is is for them to make Siam like the British monarchy to declare Siam a protectorate so that they are like basically legally allowed to depose the king for the purpose of like interesting oh, he's term like, of legally allowed because they're enforcing by their own laws. laws. Yeah, it was Which just like I was like I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if that quite fits, but yeah, I know I see what you're saying. I'm picking up one food now. I just had a conversation with someone, with a conservative, but someone a little while ago about, like, immigration and, like, border laws and stuff. And I was just like, yeah, I mean, like, who's to say that we are legally entitled to this land because, like, Manifest Destiny and, like, we, we took this from, like, the indigenous peoples and stuff like that. And they were just like, well, yeah, but, like, but we came here and, like, and then we established laws. And now there are laws and that's why, like, immigrants can't, like, come here illegally. And I'm like, but those are laws made by people arbitrarily specifically to discriminate against people they didn't want coming to this country. So who's to say you have any more claim to this land that they do. And it's the whole thing with like colonialism and imperialism. It's like, why do you have the right to say he can't be king of this land when this isn't even your country? Because he wants to get with his former slam piece. Oh god, he just wants to smash. And it's just like, bro. <laughs> and could we fault him for do that? Do that on your own time. <laughs> this is <laughs> his own time. He's like, you know what, we're all heading out. You know what, I'm gonna turn this entire ship around. <laughs> see what happens so then so then anna is talking to the king and she's well, like okay because well, they, they they come to her and like hey we need your help we need your help and yeah. she she does say that she will not give advice for something without being which asked she, which is, honestly asked. solid advice don't answer Facts. questions you were not asked so she goes to the king and she, so she and, goes to the king and he's like what would, what would you guess that I want to do. And she's like, well, I would guess that you would do my suggestion, well, which is to have a banquet. F first, it's still the bowing type thing going oh, on. Yeah, and she's just like, you know, pony, genuine, grinding on the ground. That. <laughs> and I'm Jesus. like, what is this? What is this, Raven? Oh, my Lord. You had to bring up genuine. Oh, no. <laughs> But yeah, no, he's like, because the last time he just kind of like knelt on the ground like to test her, this time he fully lays flat on the ground, like arms down. Um, and she's just like, ugh, fine. Um, but she's like, okay, well, I would say that you should have like some sort of banquet to, you know, with like dancing and dinner and stuff like that to like receive... Um, to receive Sir Edward, and that way you can like prove like, yeah, like I agree you're not a barbarian. I agree that like 
you have your own customs. Like this you is have ri- your own, this like, is ridiculous. This, yeah. But you are by no means a barbarian. Like you're a fine dude. You know, like have a banquet, receive them, welcome them, and we'll get this all sorted out. You know. Um, and so then uh, he's and then like, he's oh, like, cool. okay, so we're gonna great have, idea. We're gonna ask you arrange for help. Yeah, you arrange it, and we're gonna have this little like ritual ceremony thing, like prayer sort of, to like ask Buddha for mm-hmm. like help in like guiding our decision to do this. Um, and I think it's so funny. He's just insulting her. He's, he's like she's he's like, so, like white he's, like, Christian he's woman, and he's just like he's like help her to do this, even though she be only a woman and a Christian and undeserving of your interest, and she's just like bitch. <laughs> She's I about love it. it. Uh, um, so then he's like, okay, fine. But in exchange, I will actually give her her own house outside of the palace as she wished. You know, like I will, you know, give my little compromise, my little concession to like help her be more comfortable. And, like, and make at this, this work. point in my notes, I wrote down, this is terrible. <laughs> and with that, I think we should make our last drink. I agree. I just finished mine. Yeah. Okay. Perfect cool. timing. Okay. Uh, brah. Brah, brah. I heard your least well again. I've been loving it. Yes, I heard your mother say come again. And we're back, listeners. Cheers, Raven. Indeed. Cheers. Clink. Clunk. Blinky, blinky, blinky. Like. Piz zap, piz nap. <laughs> piz- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jenna Maroney. Um, the British are coming slash are here. <laughs> I literally wrote down the British are coming. <laughs> um, and so we see Anna and King Mongkut Mon- uh, getting ready for the banquet that they're putting on. And she's in like this, you know, puffy pink like ball gown. Uh, it's a gorgeous like petal sort of shimmery pink. I love it. Um, so yeah, so they're floating out of nowhere. We... She's talking yeah, about yeah. it's like, oh yeah, we're dancing and stuff, and then she sees a ghost of an ex lover. Which is mm-hmm. that? It looks Edward? like Sir Edward Ramsey. That's the thing that confused me. I was about. like, not your husband. I not I your. Tell, <laughs> I couldn't tell if Sir Edward Ramsey was supposed to be her lover. In or the nineteen fifty six version, and I believe the stage version as well, it is explicit that he was. Okay, we see that Kralom uh, rats the prince out about the pendant, mm-hmm. um, and he's like, "Oh, like there's." Oh no, no! For Before the that, the we banquet. have the song "Shall We Dance," oh, I, where I'm she's sorry, she's that. fully dancing with a ghost. The fantasy and version. at first, I was yes. like, I was paying close attention. I was like, "Does the ghost interact with the clothing? Does the like the dress like move where the like the like the knee of the man yeah. should be?" I, I can get away that, like, at one point it seems like it does, but, you know, I could believe that it doesn't. But it gets to a point where she realizes, she's like, oh, have I been dancing this entire time? And I'm like, what is wrong Girl. with you? <laughs> Girl. <laughs> like, they're not being charmed. No. That's no. not supposed to be the point. It's wild. And then Edward um, has arrived, and he's just like, we have to get you out of there. And she's like, don't worry about it. Whatever. It's cool. Oh, Come in. They're going to have a banquet in your honor. And he's like, oh, well, in that case, yeah, that- <laughs> what would you say? And so he, like, puts out his, like, arm to be held, and but she, she goes with the arm. king. Yeah, she goes with It's just king. like, been there, done that. Facts. Um, so Which, we we've see- all been there. Mm-hmm. So then they're seated at dinner. 
and uh, they're talking about like the importance of the white elephant like to their cultural symbolism and I, I can so that remember. is made out of ivory though right I believe so. the okay. pendant I believe the pendant is, is yes. okay yes and so Kralom then like rats out the, the crown prince about the pendant um, and, the, and King Monkut asks him to asks him to produce the pendant like show Ed, Sir Edward Ramsey um, and then he's like oh dad like actually we need to talk about that and so then they walk like they run out and like Anna and Monkut and, and Kralom uh, or the Kralom like follow them and we see uh took Tim like show up like she's been arrested by guards and they like show that she has the pendant and so then King Monk could like orders her to be like whipped to death which is like the customary like which he was that. going to be doing the whipping and he's like Anna get out of here and she's like no I'm going like, to stay no, here and this. watch and every time you do this I'm going to be more sure assured that this is who you are as a person and like yeah. she's like being held down and at this I was like terrible rotten what are we doing here like yeah how is this rated G <laughs> like this is th like this is the version that they took creative liberties with to make it more family friendly um so, the so prince, the he prince can't do it her. no no he like the king can't do it and he's yeah. like you know what I'm sending you back to your country to Burma. which like yeah. to Burma before she said if I go back there it's like such a dishonor that I will be put to death yes so, so the that's prince not and her better are like, you know what, let's escape to the jungle. Let's run away together. Yeah. Um, and so they run away to the jungle. Lewis and the monkey, like, follow them on a separate elephant. Or on Tusker, I think. On Tusker. Yeah. Um, and so then Edward, we see Edward complaining that, like, Monkhood isn't a gentleman and, like, he's still going to go to the British Parliament and, like, get them to make it a protector and blah, blah, blah. And then we see, like, Monkhood is actually getting the hot air balloon and, like, going after Which them. Which this scene just seems so them. wacky races of them. It's just, like, it's so wild. around the world in 180 days. Like, what are we, <laughs> there are just more effective means of travel. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. But the plan so is he, he to, with illusion magic, quote-unquote, well, in this time, this is illusion to, magic. To steer, them, to steer them towards these, like, ancient temple ruins or whatever. Yeah. Where they will basically, I forget. Drown in this is, elephant but river? But they'll drown in this, like, elephant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's it's an ancient, like, ruins part of the city or the country or whatever. Um, and the idea is that, like, they'll die there. So I yeah. think he's, like, trying to steer them towards that. It's very, like... Scar trying to get Simba to go to the elephant graveyard. Or the wildebeest plot. There were a lot of times the Scar tried to kill Simba, and it's, like, concerning. But, um, so we see that Monka, he gets inside everyone, he goes to retrieve them, he manages to save them. Rama um, apparently controls the balloon because they, like, fall into the river. Yes. Saves the prince. There's this, like rope bridge with like these planks and stuff oh you're talking about those I skipped no but that no 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 that's where the river is where there's a yeah. section of it there aren't any planks but he illusions it so there are planks there so she so falls through yeah. the prince dies for her and the yeah. elephant yeah that's illusion magic and the elephants are holding on to the ropes because it like first breaks and stuff and then yeah. he saves the prince the hotter balloon goes around and he goes down the rope the king to save Tupton yes. and gets her like out of there and so they're in the hot air balloon and then at that point 
He shoots the harpoon. He like locks to to take the, the tower, out. goes the because it was mentioned before that yes. there's fireworks on the roofs. It's not yes. a harpoon, it's a firework. Well that, it's like but it's it's designed like a harpoon, but the tip of it explodes like a fire you know what I mean? Like it's like I the, thought it was just a pointy firework. I mean I guess but the the way the con- the physical contraption is designed is very harpoon like. Like if you were just trying to fire off a firework it wouldn't necessarily have to look like that was my thing so anyway hits um, the so fire is animated completely different from everything else that has been animated thus far yep, it's weird it's Don't weird it. it's, it's like weird. um it's like how hmm how can i describe this that listeners will understand has anyone ever played paper mario <laughs> and where uh best game ever made video game ever mm. made and sometimes specifically Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door on the Nintendo GameCube, which is the best game ever created. Sometimes it was just be like realistic stuff or yeah. like looks like realistic paper related things superimposed on one another instead of things being interacting with each other. That's what I saw in this scene. Okay, I see that. I see that. Yeah, absolutely. Where 3D meets 2D, but the 3D is not done well. The three is, yeah, yeah. And then, and so we see, like, they're flying over a river, and they're crashing. Like, they're burning down to the ground, like the Hindenburg. Mm-hmm. And he sends, like, Tuptim and uh, Rama and the Crown Prince, like, over the edge. He's like, you gotta jump out while we're over the river. And he tries to, but then the fire is spreading. He gets knocked down. Um, and so then he crashes with the hot air balloon. Somehow survived. I did and think so- he died. I did think he died because to, uh, me, like, and at this to point, me that almost would have been more impactful because the scene after, like he's laying in bed, and, like we see that he's recovering or whatever, but he's questioning the crown prince about how he would rule as king. I thought and to no, me it would have been more impactful it, if he just did die and now the crown prince is king. But at this point, Anna like has her like gloves. She puts it against her face. She's like, "Oh my heavens, my stars and garters, my um, stars." And then she reaches for his face and like touches his face and she's not gloved anymore continuity error and then she goes back and she has the gloves on yep and she touches him and she's like he did girl is head broken <laughs> everyone go check out potar tragedy if you cry ever, ever tim, tim. <laughs> oh man oh uh, good stuff uh, my man uh, has no so, idea that i'm going to be playing for that that for us immediately uh, after this i love that so monka is uh he's questioning the crown friends on like how he would rule as king um and a couple of things he mentions good I, character I development for this horrible characterization of this person Agreed. Um, I have mixed feelings. So, education for everyone, sweet. Love it. Amazing. Um, no more bowing like toads, specifically the wording used. Um, oh, boy. Uh, oh. Let's, let's re-examine our feelings on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone can marry who they want. Like, everyone? Not everyone. You know, Not everyone. Um, but I was but, going to say, uh, when they're talking about the bowings, teaching them to be like, no, like the British do. And I literally like said, like the British. Aloud. It was like, oh shit, here we go. Yep. <laughs> they're talking about, you know, um, colonialism, and then, British imperialism. And then we have a little bonus cultural erasure and like gender segregation with um, boys have to bow. 
girls have to curtsy and like no girls aren't allowed to bow and boys aren't allowed to curtsy and it's like but like why though yeah it's 1999 whatever moving on you know what moving on and then we see Um, that monk finally gives anna her house Yes, which is like, how long did it take them to... It seemed like it just, like, was whipped up. You know what? At this point in the movie, I stopped asking questions, to be completely honest. (laughs) It's just... And then we get back to, you know, the antagonists of the films. And they have... And they have been demoted to scooping elephant shit. Yep. And there's just poop everywhere. And they're just, like, bouncing on each other. They're, like, lying and, like, jumping in the poop. It's degrading um and we get to and we come back and we get to the shall we dance finale which is very Um, much just like okay things are back to normal you'd be like oh by the way we never had that dance (laughs) and she's like have you ever done the most romantic dance i was like yeah what's the most romantic dance you can think of the polka the polka listeners i'm a big fan of a clarinet tuba accordion trio I think that's erotic. Um, However, I understand I'm alone in that. And there was some definite sexual tension there, like, right at the end. And I'm like, but y'all didn't build this up at all. No, no, no. And it was just very much just like, wait, but that's not how we hold our hands. Grabs her by the waist. And I'm just like, I hate it when, like, random guys touch you on the lower back. And, like, right before that, she was like, he was like, yeah, let's dance together. And she was, like, still dancing alone. Yeah. Yeah. And I wrote down hands like this, please be over. Barbara Streisand singing at the end. What the fuck? <laughs> Why is Barbara Streisand Thank a part God. of this? I don't so she know, sings a cover I of I Have it. Dreamed. I mean, of course it's good. But I'm like, <laughs> notes over. Campbell out. So, getting into our little composer's corner. Raven's composer corner. <laughs> <laughs> My composer corner. <laughs> 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 okay. We have so, segments now. We're in season two. We're a big deal. I've been like drinking a lot of vodka. Better guys. I'm better than you. Um, I'm drunk. So watch <laughs> the hair scene. <laughs> so uh, the king and I, like the original musical, Broadway musical that this film adaptation is based on, was Rodgers and Hammerstein's fifth musical. Um, so we have already covered them. So I'm just going to talk a little bit. In what musical did we cover itself. them? That's a great question. And in a, a little, in a little is corner, the brandy cinderella. Oh, hell yeah, <laughs> yes. hell yeah, right? I'm getting better. Impossible. Um, <laughs> um, so, the King and I, the Broadway musical version, premiered on March 29th, 1951, at Broadway's St. James Theater. Um, and it ran for three years, which at that time was the fourth longest-running Broadway musical in history. So it was incredibly popular. It was a really good musical, um, at least well-received on Broadway. Um, the With this 1999 film adaptation, um, the screenwriters Peter Bacallian, Jacqueline Feather, and David Seidler uh, took a lot of quote, creative liberties with the history um, and with the source material from the music, uh, from the musical in an attempt to like make the film palatable to quote, all audiences. And I'm just like- Let's have a racist ass- White children. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, it it was kind of loosely based on the 1956 film adaptation. Um, It was just really meant to be a retelling of the story. They used a lot of the original Rodgers and Hammerstein songs, but not all of them. Um, And 
the way it's described is uh, it portrays a fictionalized account of the English school teachers Anna Leonowen's historical encounter with the King of Siam. And the word fictionalized is doing a lot of heavy lifting yeah. in that sentence. But uh, all the songs were originally composed by Roger Hammerstein. Um, and the score itself of this particular animated film or animated adaptation was composed by William Kidd. Um, and covered by the Philharmonia Orchestra, which is like the film the Philharmonic Orchestra of London specifically. Um, so Liam Kidd is a musician, conductor, composer, and orchestrator. Um, there wasn't a lot of information I could find on him, but part of that I think is because apparently this apparently. film had shut up. Shout out apparently to this film had um nine different orchestrators so when i was looking through uh, all the what? Like, critical reviews yeah nine I... different orchestrators so Did i was looking through the all of them reviews, quit like, no clue um this movie was not well received or at least the album was not well received so like one of the primary critics of it uh gave it three out of five stars um describing it surprisingly adequate as a soundtrack that was uh to a badly received film. Um, so this is where they talked about like the vocal performances, like being by incredibly talented singers, but just the arrangements were not the best. Um, Cause like the songs again were pulled directly from the original musical, but then the arrangements were like done over and over by a variety of different orchestrators. Um, and it just was not great in terms of reception. And I think that is reflected in our overall review. It of sucks so bad. The musical. Uh, we did not give it great reviews. Um, but the question that I have for you, Campbell, because our musical term of the day, again, is perfect fits, which is a term that you would learn in like music theory, learning about specific like intervals and diatonic Give me that scales C and, and, like, and all of that great uh, musical theory and history and appreciation information. But looking into actual like Thai musical notations and Thai musical stylings and music education um, in Thailand and in like the country, like at the time, Siamese culture, um, it was not customary for students of music to actually really study music theory and like actually study like notes and scales and, and, and intervals and things of that nature. Um, rather, the normal practice was for masters to like play short patterns, which the student was expected to reproduce and memorize. So this is why we see um, when Rodgers and Hammerstein were trying to create a score or create a musical soundtrack with, uh, that hinted at like Asian music stylings and influences, that's why they included a lot of major seconds, perfect fifths, um, those kind of simpler repetitions and, and melodies that could be improvised and like innovated upon, but were ultimately simple to pick up and remember, which is what makes the songs kind of catchy. Um, and that's because like that was common in the music education style to be able to teach younger students. Um, so my question for you, because I know like when we interviewed Mother Longtongue, we kind of had a little discussion of like shout out Trevor and David. the importance, shout out to Trevor Dyke and our, our sound editor, um, 
the importance of Definitely. actually like learning uh, sheet music, and they were talking about like they're musicians, um, but now they're in the process of learning sheet music so that they can apply music theory more to their compositions and to their songs. Um, so I'm curious your thoughts on like what is the role of music theory in music education? Like how important is it to actually understand the technique behind um, what you're playing? You know, like how mm -hmm. much can it be feeling and memorization or like learning by ear versus like rote study and memorization and like academic you know, okay, so I have a few thoughts. First off, uh, the people that, you know, are like learning by ear and things like that. Like my nanny, my grandmother was one of those people. She learned how to play piano by ear and was able to like at least somewhat like perform and like, you know, make some money off of that. I am so incredibly jealous. How dare you <laughs> uh, <laughs> is my first thought. But also, it's, I think it's really interesting because music is a universal and, like, music is used how we can, like, learn how to communicate with each other. I think it's a basis of a lot of languages, a lot of different kinds of languages that are tonal-based, like, those yeah. different communities are more likely to have perfect pitch. There's just, like, such a interesting relationship between music and communication where mm -hmm. I find that a lot of people just maybe have a different ability to communicate in that very specific way more than others. But when it gets to a point where, say, you're sharing it, teaching it, innovating it, then I think maybe that kind of more study and theory is necessary. Um, I saw this interesting TikTok. It was this one debate, and someone said that jazz is a bastardization of the waltz, and the guy was just like, oh. one, fuck you. Um, yeah. Because there, there was such a, uh, um, what's the word? Um, it starts with a D. The uh, diminution is not a word. Um, uh, demeaning. Uh, down, they were downplaying. That's not what I mean. But diminution. Uh, diminishing. Uh, anyway, they were. We get what you're. What you're that at. insert word, listeners. Yep to jazz music and the technical prowess that is needed to like truly understand improvisation it's not just making things yes. up as you go these people either naturally or through years of practice or a combination of the two understand at some level like the theory and things like that whether they were specifically taught in like a class or whatever or if they just like naturally like understood it kind of how like other like you know philosophers and scientists and physicists understood like natural properties of the world and they were able mm -hmm. to communicate that through math i think music is the same way where they may have this Agreed. understanding this un this like forethought and knowledge and process for understanding some of uh, something in our world but when it comes to communicating that and teaching it and making it available and accessible for the general public that's when that kind of like hard theory teaching is then needed because you can't okay. teach someone like oh this thing that i naturally understand you get it right no but yeah. then you have to take that natural understanding and then you have to break it down to be like okay so let's get this into thoughts and Words patterns and, and, and yeah. whatever 
Yeah. Um, if that answers your question at all, I don't know. I've had a lot of vodka it, tonight. <laughs> no, it totally does. And I, and I, I, I really Ugh. agree. Like, I agree I miss you, Nanny. that... Shout out to Doris. Shout theory. out to uh, nickname Jen Ricky. <laughs> music. I agree that music theory is needed in the sense of being able to communicate that natural ability, but that music theory is not needed for the to have the ability to do that. You know what I mean? Like, um, there's so many ways that people can take a piece of music and connect to it emotionally, connect to it personally, and be able to listen to that, reproduce it, uh, improvise upon it, change it, innovate it, without ever having studied music theory. Um, I think music theory, in the same way that like physics is the science of how the natural world works, and calculus is the language of how you understand that science. I love calculus uh, so much. I love calculus. I love calculus exact, so exactly, much. <laughs> exactly what you were saying, music is uh, a representation of how our world works. It's something that we can use to communicate with each other. Um, and, and exactly like you were saying, there were so many musicians like jazz blues r&b folk music that those people don't know whatever tones and i is doing in dance monkey exactly like like <laughs> like, like those the, a lot of those musicians don't necessarily know how to read sheet music they know how to play the instrument and they know how to express themselves through music and there are music theory concepts like perfect fits like major seconds that we can use to, that we can apply to that musical performance and explain oh this type of interval makes us feel happy or this type of interval makes us feel sad but like that's not the be all and end all of the musical performance itself. no not at all and it'd be type of things just like oh i've been doing that i just didn't know the name for that kind of thing mm -hmm. And it's really exactly, interesting because, exactly. like, these things, like, grow and develop. And then, like, it's, like, we're able to have, you know, all these different kinds of expressions that's more accessible to people without, like, this kind of just, I don't know, it's like an intrinsic kind of compass. Yeah. <clears throat> Raven, we are playing Getting to Know You. With Ooh. you on the violin and myself on the clarinet. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Okay. So we'll be back, listeners. Burb. I feel good about that. Uh, we're I good. I kind of crushed it. I don't know about timing because I was I was trying to listen to you, but then also trying to be mindful of the of the lag. So I don't know. Raven, how, well I super how this that. works is you need to go off yourself, and I will adjust. You know what? I appreciate that because you don't like to count rests. Like I, I yeah, I sight reading is not my thing. But I like I know this is kind of a shorter portion portion because we crushed it. Anyway, we so, have come okay, to final the end. thoughts. Final thoughts. How would you rate this musical overall? This is the worst musical we've ever done, Raven, and I think that's apparent. Ever? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty low, but ever. Campbell. What, Raven? Tell me a musical that's worse than this that we've done. Does it? Wait. Um, okay, Aristocats only had that one really racist moment. From Justin the Kelly was bad, but it wasn't explicitly as racist. And we've come, or we've come around on that for it being good. Yeah. 
what other bad ones have we done? We didn't release the High School first Musical West Side 2. Story that we did. High School Musical 2 was pretty bad, but it really just had that one scene as the same. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. So, no, no, no. You <laughs> asked this on, you put this on me, Raven, I'm going to put it on you. How would you rate this musical on a scale of 1 to 10? Oh, see, here's the thing. The reason I picked this musical is because as a kid, I watched it like once or twice, and I loved the music, and I was just like, oh my god, I love this musical, like blah, blah, blah. And then I rewatched this as an adult, and I was like, Jesus Christ. Um... So I'm going to give it a solid 4 out of 10. Like, it's so bad, but the music is really good, but the music is only but, good. But you complained about most understand. of the music. No, I like... Uh, no, I like the music. I dislike the specific arrangement and orchestration for this adaptation. Okay, yeah. but so, so, this adaptation is what we're talking uh, about. Oh, so maybe a 2, okay. <laughs> oh, God, or maybe a 1. I don't know. There are parts of this movie that I enjoy, but they're so drowned out by the, like, intense racism and xenophobia. Like, gee, oh, God. Okay, 1 out of 10. One and a half. I'll give it a one and a half. Final answer. <laughs> Mine is a definitive one out of ten, which is what I rated. I think High School Musical two, and like yeah. in retrospect, I wish I gave that a two out of ten because of this movie. But you know what? They're both one wow, out of ten for me. That's wild. This was bad. Every part of this so was bad. bad. I enjoyed my time with you, but this was bad. Raven. This was so bad. And because you have put uh, this on me, don't put this email yeah. on me, Ricky Bobby. You mm -hmm. can do the rest of the outro. So yep. where can you find us? Yep. How can you listen? Listeners. What can you do? <laughs> Listeners, you can find us on so many different platforms. Um, anywhere that podcast can be found, that can be Stitcher, that can be Podbean, um, that can be you know Spotify if you like to listen to musical uh, podcasts there, if you like to listen to iHeartRadio, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, all of those platforms. Anywhere that you like to find your podcast, you can find us. Um, Boozicals, B-O-O-Z-I-C-A-L-S. Um, if you find us and you have the ability to comment um, or like us or rate us or follow or subscribe, please do if you feel that we are deserving of that. Um, which which should be enjoy, every platform now, I'm pretty sure. Which should be every platform, I'm pretty sure. But um, if you if you have criticism, like if you have or just commentary or thoughts on like our takes on things, please let us know. Like it'd be really cool to see... Um, how the different musicals and media have influenced you and what your that. what your thoughts are on this so like definitely share with us definitely um let us know what your thoughts are on the musicals that we do um if you would like to follow us on instagram you can do so at boozicals um if you would like to email us any of your suggestions for something we could do or just anything we could try on the podcast or just let us know your thoughts you can email us at boozicals at gmail.com again that's b-o-o-z-i-c-l-s um and we just like, really look forward to hearing from you and letting like hearing your feedback on our podcast like we just do this for fun but we want to know that you're enjoying your time with us so yeah that's it I love that that's it. That's it. That's it. Combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. And Taco Bell. Adios. Arrivederci. Hasta luego. See you next time. Bye. That was a lot, Raven. Bye. <laughs>